All right, you ready for this? An old Italian man lived alone in the country. It was spring. <laughs> Cynthia, why are you looking at me? An old Italian man lived alone in the country. It was spring, and he wanted to dig his tomato garden, as he had done every year. But it was very hard work for the aging man, as the ground was hard. His only son, Vincent, who used to help him, was currently in prison. The old man wrote a letter to his son and described his predicament. Dear Vincent, I am feeling pretty bad because it looks like I won't be able to plant my tomato garden this year and just getting too old to be digging up a garden plot. If only you were here, my troubles would be over. I know you would dig the plot for me. Love, Dad. A few days later, he received a letter from his son. Dear Dad, not for nothing, but don't dig up that garden. That's where I buried the bodies. Love, Vinny. At 4 a.m. the next morning, FBI agents and local police arrived at the old man's house and dug up the entire area. However, they didn't find any bodies. So they apologized to the old man and left. And that same day, the old man received another letter from his son. Dear Dad, go ahead and plant the tomatoes now. That's the best I could do under the circumstances. Love, Vinny. <laughs> oh. Some of you will get that lunch. It's a joke grenade. It'll go off later. Turn to the book of, book of John, chapter number 5. I'm going to preach a series. Here's what the next few weeks are going to look like. I'm going to preach a series for the next few weeks called What's Stopping You? What's Stopping You? And then August the 20th, listen to this. August the 20th, if you are a parent or grandparent or if you're single here today, I'm going to preach a message on August the 20th called The Gift of Virginity. I want every parent to make every effort to get here to hear that message. Every single adult, every grandparent, you need to hear that message on August the 20th called The Gift of Virginity. So I don't want you to miss that. But today we're going to start with what's stopping you. I want to read from John chapter number 5. Verse number 1 says this. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. And a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, Jesus said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. This is a particular incident in the Bible that I look at and I read it 
and sometimes you read it and you just kind of go over it and you go, well, that's great, Jesus healed somebody, but listen to some of the nuances and some of the language and some of the details because if you really kind of dig into the story, you'll find out that this is much more than just Jesus healing a particular individual. This was a case where a man was laying at a particular place called Bethesda. This place had five porches, or you could say this, there was five different levels, and among these different levels lay all sorts of sick people. They could have been paralyzed maybe from the waist down, paralyzed uh, from the waist up, completely paralyzed. They could have been lame from different illnesses, sicknesses, diseases, tumors, cancers, diabetes. And they would lay around, and the Bible doesn't say how often, but often an angel would come down, stir the water, and the first person in would be healed. And here is Jesus coming up on this scene, and he walks into this porch area, and he sees one particular man that he singles out, and he goes up to this man. Now, while he is going, the Holy Spirit impresses upon Jesus and gives him kind of what you could say would be a word of knowledge concerning this particular person's life, that this person had been there a long time. And we find out in reading the story, it's not just that he was there five years or ten years or there 15 years, but as you read it, you find out this man had laid there for 38 years. And Jesus looks at this man having laid there for 38 years and he asks them what I think is such an interesting question to ask somebody who is paralyzed. He asked the paralyzed man laying there, Do you want to be made well? What kind of question is that to a sick man? Be like me asking you, would you like me to give you money this morning? Would you like some cash? Would anybody turn down that offer? A sick person would never turn down the opportunity to be made well, just as if we would never turn down the opportunity for happiness or excitement or joy. But the truth is, is that if you really look into the intent and go into and dig into this guy's heart, maybe you find that there was not the motivation the desire, the want, the hunger on the inside of him that there should have been. Unfortunately, we live in a society today in Palm Beach County where you drive around and you see the homeless and you see those that are standing on street corners and you see that they have different signs uh, made out of cardboard or, or yard signs or whatever and they put on the back of those signs or on the front of the cardboard and it just simply says, we'll work for food. And I'm sure there are those that literally are willing, give me a chance, give me an opportunity, I'll do anything. But you know that not everyone standing on every street corner is willing to work for food. Unfortunately, there are many people standing on those street corners just looking for a handout. And if you offered them a job, and if you offered them the opportunity to work a full day's labor, there are some, not all, I believe, in helping people. Every week, we, we, through our food pantry, feed families. In fact, today, we're feeding 53 families through our food pantry and the volunteers and, and the work that's going on through our outreach ministry. And so, I believe in helping them, but do you know that if you were to offer everyone the opportunity to work a full day for some income, for some food, 
for an opportunity to get their life changed, not everyone would take you up on that opportunity. There are some through time, apathy, complacency, are perfectly fine with where they're at. Don't mess with me. I've learned to live like this. I'm comfortable where I am in life. I'm comfortable with with my own state. I'm okay. I'm not really looking for the handout. I'm not really looking to change. I, I I, I just want somebody to just give me something every now and then. But Jesus comes upon this man and he asks this man a question. Do you want to be made well? Listen to the man's response. Think about this. Sir, I have no man. Sir, I have no man. For when I'm coming, somebody gets there before me. Somebody goes into the water. Now, see, that excuse would work if he'd been there six months. Huh? That excuse would work maybe even if he'd been there a year. But 38 years? 38 years? What happened? How did 38 years go by? What happened that that you could not in 38 years' time get any closer to the water than you are right now? Because he said this. Listen to what he said. While I'm coming, somebody steps in ahead of me. That means he at least made some sort of effort to move forward, but then came to a stop. Somehow he's lost his desire, the want on the inside of him, the craving to be healed, the craving to change, to, to have a life of, uh, of independence. Somehow he lost that. And I find many people, even though they can walk and, and they're certainly able-bodied, They've lost their dream. They've lost their hope. They've lost their desire. They've lost the craving for more out of life. They just let life just kind of pass them by. And they're just living nine to five, hoping for a weekend getaway, hoping for a great vacation, hoping for a happy moment, and just letting life just pass them by, but not really fulfilling their dreams, their hopes. 38 years? You couldn't crawl? Huh? You couldn't make it an inch at a time, a foot at a time? Listen, if you just went one foot a week, huh, in 38 years, you could have at least got to the edge of the pool. Hey, guys, I'm next. Been here a long time, huh? 38 years. John Mason wrote a book, and he said this in the very title of the book, Let Go of whatever makes you stop. Because some people are just holding on to things. They're just holding on to, to, to these, these things and it just keeps them from moving forward. And it's because of comfort, because this is what I'm used to. This is what I've always had. I've always lived like this. We've always been poor. We've always been broke. We've always been, been an employee. We've never been an employer. We've never owned anything. We've always rented. And so you just live life holding on, just barely making it. And, and God is just saying to you, it's time to let go of these things that are just making you stop and so I want to talk to you and just give you a couple things number one how do we let go of whatever makes us stop number one find the motivation to stir yourself to action you you have to sometimes become your own cheerleader 
Huh? Some of you need to go get, on, get your own pom-poms and put on your own cheerleader outfit. Maybe not you guys, but maybe the girls. And, and you need to be your own cheerleader. You need to be your own team and, and, and hoorah yourself and just say, hey, you can do it. You can make it. Sometimes you need to look in the mirror and go, hey, you're good looking. All right? You're, you're going to make it in life. You've got talent. You've got abilities. Because if you're always waiting for outside motivation, you'll find that motivation from the outside doesn't always come. Sometimes you have to stir yourself up. Amen? You know, the heaviest piece of equipment at the gym isn't the leg press or the 45-pound plates. The heaviest piece of equipment at the gym is that front door. That front door has beat more people than any other piece of equipment at that gym because nothing is heavier than that front door. Just trying to get that thing open. Oh, man, I'm just trying to get in the front door. You've got to be motivated, and you've got to find something that stirs you. You've got to find something that activates your faith and your dreams and your hopes. You've got to dig deep sometimes to say, hey, I'm tired of sitting here. I've been sitting here long enough. Listen, six months is long enough. One year is long enough. Five years is certainly way too long, much less 38 years. Stir yourself, huh? If nobody else cheers you on, cheer yourself on. Hallelujah. Find the motivation. Get up. Some days you got to lay hands on yourself. Listen, some days you got to dig your own tomato garden. Glory to God. You've got to just do it yourself sometimes. Stir yourself up. The Bible says, Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. Second thing is this, move forward past excuses that steal your time. Because I can just tell you, excuses, this is what they do. They steal your time. They just take from you. They take from you. Let me tell you how 38 years goes by. It goes by one day at a time. Just one day at a time. It's Monday. And you know, nothing productive ever happens on Monday. So I'm just going to get through Monday. If I could just make it through today. If I could just get to the end of today, get home and get some coffee. Hallelujah. Huh? Jim, nah. Do an extra, clean the garage. Nah, nah. That, I'll do that tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes. It's Tuesday. It's raining. Can't do it today either. Huh? Wednesday comes, oh, no, I can't do it today either. I mean, the world's just the best. I just got to wait. And we're always waiting. Ecclesiastes says this, one translation says it like this, if you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. You'll never get anything done. And you know, we just have these, these mountains. This guy had great excuses. I mean, I'm paralyzed. That's enough excuse right there. I don't have anybody to help me. Listen, I, I know what pity parties look like. Anybody ever have a pity party? This week, did anybody have a pity party? I had one. I was talking to somebody. I don't even remember what it was. I don't even remember what I was talking about. I was talking to somebody about, I said, you know, we, you know, we have friends and they go on vacation. And grandparents pay for everything. And I thought, man. 
it must be nice to have rich grandparents who pay for everything. Oh yeah, we went to Disney four or five days. Grandparents paid for everything. Like, really? Like the food? Paid for it all. The hotel? Paid for it all. The tickets? Paid for it all. You didn't pay for nothing? Nope. I thought, well, would you look at that? <laughs> I tried to go to Disney. We got to scrape together four or $500 to go. And I think to myself, man. Now here I am, living in a nice house, driving cars, happy, healthy, everybody's great, living my dream, I, I have the career that I've always wanted, and yet I'm having a pity party because I don't have rich grandparents to pay for me to go see a mouse. Do you believe that? Does that make any sense to you? But that's where I was. And you know, we can always make excuses. Well, I was born with this, and I was born in this culture, and I was born on, on this side of the tracks, and I was born into this family, and, and you don't know, man, I have a dysfunctional childhood. We all had dysfunctional childhood. That None of us have a functional one. But listen, you've got to move past excuses. There's somebody doing it with less. I'm going to let that sink in. I said, there is somebody doing it with less. Stop making excuses. This guy said, sir, I have no man. Well, what about that guy that just got healed? Did he have a man? What about the guy last year that got in the water? Last month that got in the water? What about the guy that just rolled there? What about the guy that flipped over per, you know, just one day at a time? What about the, the person that just army crawled their way in? Listen, stop making excuses and go for it. Hallelujah. I found this meme I want to put up. Check this out. I've seen this on Facebook a few times. I don't know if you've seen this or not. I want to be fit, but I also want tacos. How many of you go, he's talking about me this morning. Sometimes you have to give up something. Sometimes you have to sacrifice. It's okay. Do it. You can do it. Yeah, you can't have a six-pack and eat 12 tacos all the time. It just, it can't happen, but that's okay. You say, well, I just got a sweet tooth, and I just got this, and I just got that. Stop with the excuses and go for it. Amen? And then number three is this. Identify the dreams that you have rehearsed in your mind. Identify the dreams that you have rehearsed in your mind. If you're in John, turn over to the book of Luke, just one book back, and you'll find in Luke chapter 18 a healing that took place and a similar question that is asked of another particular individual. Luke chapter 18, and we're going to start with verse number 40. And again, we'll put it on the screen for you this morning. But it says this, this is Jesus now, and he is encountering a man who had been born blind. And so having been born blind now, I'm thinking to myself, his hearing is probably excellent because he's been blind all of his life. And in verse number 40, this man is, is in front of Jesus, and it says, So Jesus stood still, and he commanded him to be brought to him. The man had called out to Jesus. And when he had come near, he asked him, Jesus asked this man, saying, What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. 
And immediately the man was healed. Listen to this. Jesus is walking by and this man named Bartimaeus just hears of Jesus and he starts to scream out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd tells him to be quiet. No, 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 no. Don't bother him. Don't bother him. But the Bible says here's what happened. He started to cry out all the more. See, that's when you move past excuses. That's when you say, listen, I've been here all my life, and I'm not going to be here one more day. Did you hear me now? I have been here all my life, and I'm not going to be here another day. And he cried out, and Jesus said, come. And then those same people (laughs) that were telling him, be quiet, this is what they said, oh, be of good cheer, for he's calling you. And there's so much to the story, but he's brought before Jesus. But listen to what Jesus asked him. It's a similar question. Jesus obviously knows that this man is blind. And he obviously knows the answer to the question, but he still asked the question anyway. The question is, what do you want? What do you really want? And let me tell you, I just believe that there's a God in heaven who is looking down at you and he sees everything that has happened to you. He sees all of your past. He sees all of the mistakes. He sees all of the the excuses that we've made, myself included, over all the years. He knows everything that's happened to you, your fault, not your fault. He knows your childhood. He knows your adulthood. He knows everything. And he is simply looking at you and he is asking the same question. What do you want? What do you want? Now listen to this. This is important. What happened next was not up to Jesus. You say, sure it was. No, no, no. No, Jesus asked the question. Jesus just asked the question, hey, what do you want me to do for you? And now what happens next is up to you. What do you want? And without hesitation, without having to think about it, hmm? without having to to give some kind of patsy answer, thy will be done. Huh? He says to Jesus in a heartbeat, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Because that's all I've ever wanted. It's all I've ever dreamed of. I have listened all of my life as people have passed by. I've heard the laughter of children playing. I've heard footsteps of couples in love, weddings, processions, business transactions. I have heard it all pass by me all of my life. Life has passed me by. And here's what I'm asking that I might receive my sight. Let me ask you this question. What dreams have you just rehearsed over and over in your lifetime? Over and over. What have you just been rehearsing? And you've been rehearsing it since you were 10 or 15 or 20. And you say, yeah, but I'm 40 now. 
and I've got responsibilities and I've got bills and I've got payments and I've got a mortgage and I've got all these different things. I can't do it now. No, no, no. If it's still going on in your mind, in your heart, then let me tell you, I believe God put it there. I just believe that. I mean, we've all got some dreams. You know, I've got dreams uh, of playing in the NBA. I still have that dream. I I think it's safe to say it's not going to happen. I've got dreams of of driving a brand new Porsche 911 Carrera down A1A. Glory to God, that one still is possible. I believe that one. But those aren't God-given dreams. You know what I'm saying? Those are just, those are just dreams that we, we all have, just like, like fantasy dreams. I'm talking about God-given dreams. God-given dreams will always involve you helping people. There will always be people involved because that's always the heart of God. God will never give you a dream where you're solo, where it's all about you. God always gives you dreams that involve people. And let me ask you this question. What dream do you have that you've been rehearsing over in your mind, over and over again, that you say, yeah, I'd like to do that. I'd like to have that. I'd like to pray for people. I'd like to, I'd like to share the word. I'd like to open up the Bible and teach. I'd like to help kids. And I'd like to start a business that would do this and, and, and build this. And I'd like to go overseas. I'd like to, to go on a missions trip. I'd like to move overseas. I want to do something. What are those God-given dreams that are inside of you that you just keep rehearsing? Huh? And my question is, what's stopping you? What's stopping you from getting there? Huh? Is it the same thing that stopped this man from getting to the edge of the water? Man, I would have been right on the edge. I might have just jumped in the pool just in case. Hey, I'll just stay here. I might as well stay here and wait for the stirring. Do something. Otherwise, 38 years go by. I know, I'm past 38. It goes by so quickly. I'm not much past 38. I just want to clarify that for everybody out here. Okay? Some of you find that hard to believe. Bless you. But, but I have passed it. It goes by that quick, doesn't it? Come on, you guys know. You have kids that have grown, moved out of the house. It goes by so quickly. And today, we just need to make that determination. Okay, it's time to start. To let go of those things that are hindering us and, and making us stop. And It's time to move forward. If there's anybody that had a reason to quit, it's a guy in the Bible by the name of Joseph. Most of you know the story, and you can read it in the latter chapters of the book of Genesis. I mean, you talk about a guy who could have made excuses. You talk about a guy who who could have, through the passage of time and difficulty, and, and I'm talking about abandonment, sold into slavery, falsely accused of rape, forgotten of in prison, years of his life seemingly wasted. But he held on to his dream. Why? Because he kept rehearsing it over and over again. So that one day when his dream came to pass, this is what he said. He said, hey, you meant it for harm, but God turned this whole situation around for good. Amen? And I believe the same for you. Yeah, I've made some mistakes and I've had some failures. I've had some successes, but I've also had some setbacks. 
I haven't been perfect and I've done some things wrong and I'd like some do-overs and there's a few regrets that I have. But you know what? I'm still breathing. I'm still here. And if I'm still breathing, God's not done with me. And so there's still purpose on the inside of me. There are still dreams that, that need to be fulfilled in my lifetime. 